2: Welcome to the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Show, the weekend recap edition. We like to call it Gill Cast. I'm Sammy Reed. I am here with Nate Noling. You can find him on Twitter at Nate Noling. And we got our special guest back again from last week, Josh ADHD. You can find him on Twitter at Fantasy ADHD. Uh, let me start with you, Nate. How was your weekend, bro?
3: Not great. Not great. Brandon Cooks and 100 percent lineups did not work out.
2: That does not sound good. And no, let me, not good. Why don't you walk us through your tilt a little bit? Because to me, uh, I mean, Josh did not watch the games today. He was out hanging out with kids and stuff like that. I think that was the sharp move. Me and you watch games, and that was such a bad decision.
3: Yeah, it was tough, especially because so I took some cheap running backs and kind of went a different construction than normal. And the cheap running backs went off, and I thought my stud wide receivers would follow through, and they uh, they did not. They did not, so it was it was tilt for sure.
2: I mean, I just I think that watching NFL football is such a negative emotional equity move at this point. Like, first off, the games are generally very bad, and very bad. you know, if you win, you're you're kind of pumped, but you're not as pumped as you are tilted when things don't go your way. Uh, I had a I had a craftastic day as well, so this was just this was like probably. One of the top two worst weeks of football I've had yeah. this season. It the was highlight, so bad.
3: the highlight of watching games day was just seeing the Marcus Peters chucking the flag in the stands. That was about it.
2: That was good.
4: That was good. Josh.
2: Good See, I, I, I missed
4: that. That That's stuff I'd like to watch. I mean, I saw, I'm going to be like cruising highlight reels tonight, trying to find all the good stuff like that. That's all you got to do. You just got to
2: go through your Twitter timeline and within 15 <coughs> minutes, you can get all the good stuff that happened today without all the without tilt. All the tilt.
4: What, I, who was it that I saw on Twitter that got like assassinated by a flag on the field? Was it Alex Mack of the Falcons? Was that it? Like oh, I, were, I think it was a linebacker, or some, maybe it was an offensive lineman. But did, I mean, they just got totally tagged with the flag, and they went down like a sack of potatoes. So I, did I didn't
2: I didn't even see that one. Like I remember, I've seen people like it hit in the eye before. Like, wasn't there some dude who got hit in the eye, and he was yeah. like out multiple games? Yeah.
4: <laughs> I think that ended his career more or less. I remember he did sue the league over that.
2: <laughs> I thought <laughs> it was out multiple games. Dude, Nate, you're you're so good on computers. You have to Google this right now.
1: I'm like, awesome please look good. this up.
4: i used to i mean i used to be able to rattle his name right off the tip of my tongue just because it was such a wild ass event but i for some reason it's escaping me right now i could tell you who it was he played for the browns i know i mean that
2: that makes a lot of sense i mean that it would only happen to a browns player uh i mean you didn't watch the games today josh but but how was your day just overall
4: well i mean it's um it's about as good as it can go and it's pissing down rain outside and you're trapped inside with a a three-year-old and a five year old that are high on sugar. So I mean I had my own special kind of tilt today. And I to be honest, I'd rather it be football tilt than toddler tilt.
2: Are they are they on more or less sugar than Nate and his regularly delivered family economy size (laughs) like Amazon Prime bales of Red Bull.
4: Yeah, see like the thing that the viewer can't really see or the listener can't see right now is that is that Nate is wearing a backpack. A Camelback. <laughs> this is like a three liter Camelback of monster. Red Bull. Oh, sorry, yeah, do, Red Bull, do, Red not, do not insult Nate's oh, branding like that. And, and the Red. other thing is like, he just ripped like three lines of no dos on top of that. So I mean, he's this <laughs> is amazing. It's a great theater. It really is. It's a special. We should really have like a special event just to watch Nate do Nate. Yeah, you know? just
2: release the actual video of the podcast. I think people might pay for that. Because I mean I, I, I can confirm that we're all ridiculous looking people right now. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. All right. So so let's dude, let's break down some lineups. We got to get this out. Like I am just so freaking tilted, and I'm not even that tilted about DFS. Like I didn't do great in cash, but I, I did okay in GPPs. So I was down a little today, but nothing significant. But it's actually seasonal football tilt that got me today. It was like the most critical day of the year in like multiple leagues. And I just got murked with like the worst stuff. And for me, seasonal tilt's like worse than BFS tilt. Like I, I don't – I know Nate's rolling his eyes here. But you feel me, Josh. Oh, totally. I, I yeah. I'm sorry,
4: guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, like we were talking about pre-show, man. I, I ran into a flipping buzzsaw in every single one of my seasonal leagues this, this week. Guys had to roster in, in my 2QB. I, I ran into Trubisky and Alex Smith. Who outscored my my QBs? Of course, great. I'm rolling out trash too this late in the season, but you know it's you hit Tyree Kill who puts yep. up you know almost 40 points this week, and it's just are you running a Keenan Allen again? It's just man, it's madness. It sucks. So it makes tilted, me want to bro. quit seasonal altogether. I, I do. I
2: I do not know why I play seasonal. <clears throat> like I I mean I'm more invested in it than DFS like emotionally, but it is, it is just such a bad thing to do to yourself.
4: Well, and you wrote about it this week, right? You I did. A, a pretty big chunk of, of, of words about seasonal league, especially at, I can't remember what the name of your special league was called, but your, your buddy league. Yeah. Scrawny, um, scrawny
2: by nature, baby. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. That was it, scrawny. And I, you know, I'm in a similar kind of league with some old college buddies. It's been almost 20 years now and I'll never leave that league, no matter how pissed off I get at the bad luck I have in that league, but it's, God, man, it, it tilts me like no other. It really does. Like, And we were saying, like, DFS, it's easy. I can I can wipe that away in five minutes and be ready for next week. But seasonal yeah, tilt is real. It, it really is because DFS is
2: long-term. I know that next week like, is a new week, and you start all over, and you're going to make good decisions, and over the long-term you win. Yeah. And seasonal, dude, seasonal don't work like that. Like, no. Yeah,
3: the one good thing about DFS is you can just open up your bankroll tracker and look at how you've done in the year and been like, yeah. okay. Right. It's I'm okay. Still I'm yeah. still good. Yeah. 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 It's, all
2: good. Yeah. Like, but, it's but, like looking at the Bitcoin account. Even when it drops a yeah. couple grand, you're like, you know yeah. what? Dude, I'm still way up on this. This is yeah. great, you know?
4: Yeah, that that seasonal stink, it, it sticks around for a few months. And that's the worst part is kicking yourself in the ass for, you know, 15 weeks over your bad decisions back in August. No, I mean, I, I still have tilt from like 2003 <clears throat> on seasonal. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like that.
2: But let's, let's get into some DFS because... I know people do not want to listen to this podcast to hear about seasonal tilt. Like that's just probably the worst. (laughs) Nate Nate raises his hand. Get get me the hell out of here right now. Um, Let's let's do the lineup recap. It was a bad day for me and Cash. I scored 125 on DraftKings. Nate, how did you do, buddy?
3: Uh, I was even worse. Uh, Put up a 118.7.
2: Impressive. That's that's really impressive. And Josh, how did you do, my friend?
4: We had a pretty good week. We, you know, I listened to your advice last week. I didn't tinker, you know. I sent you my kind of my dummy lineup at 10 a.m. and I didn't deviate from that. I ended up getting almost to 148 this week. So we had a pretty good week. We hit the we hit the early games really hard, and that turned out to be a good thing for us.
2: Very very solid. So you were you went from the low man last week to the high man this week. So congratulations to you, Nate. I think that we should talk about your lineup today let's just, let's just get into this bad boy. <laughs> Nate's so it, it, tilted. Was pretty, it was pretty egregious. It was pretty egregious. So, <laughs> this, is, this is what the listeners want to hear. Let's. So it's
3: pretty egregious. I mean, all morning I was, the one decision I had all week was girly. Um, I, at first looking at the slate, it was clear girly was a lock, but the more I dove into it, the more I got concerned about just paying as his, his price tag for his workload. Um, you know, I'd sent you um, some visualization stuff of, how much his workload has been decreasing as we go later in the year. Um, His offensive share was being down and his um, it was just clear that they are trying to save him for the playoffs. And so once the Riddick news came out that Abdullah was out, I was like, I felt much better about the Hyde Riddick and uh, Kenyon Drake workload. And I just said, I'm just going to take the three running backs that I think are great values with, with a more confident workload versus paying 8.4 or whatever girly was for potentially less than 20 touches.
2: Well, and you know, what's funny is I started off on that, on that kind of train. I was like, I was not going girly in cash. I I felt good about the low price guys. And as the week went on and Jamal Williams for me became less of a lock because uh, Aaron Jones was coming in. I said, you know what? I want to get up to girly. And so I started without girly and then got up to him. And I had the same concerns that you did starting the week that his, his dominant workload share was not that in the last couple of weeks. And I watched the games. I tilt myself and watch the games, and I can see – I mean, the Rams do almost the same thing on every first down. Like, I want to see the stats. All they do is play action on first down. And everybody bites on it, and they it's super smart, and they gain nine yards on – it's got to be 85% of their first downs. Every first down, it's just like nine yards, and it's so smart.
3: So it's pretty tilting because um, Todd Gurley put up uh, – he had 47% of the offensive plays this week uh, compared to the weeks before, 33, 35, 27, 30, and 38. So his high by far over the past like ten game, or six games. So uh, it did not work out. But uh, Kenyon Drake, I think, was a, was the play for me like a lock, and he worked out pretty well. Um, he blew the hell up, man. He had a great game. Yeah, yes. he put up 26, 26 drafting points, which was great. But really it was just the workload, and – how safe I felt in that um, Riddick was the next play. And I think at 3.4 for Riddick, I just felt um, with his um, elevated targets and, you know, when you add to that, that Abdullah was out. And he was probably going to see close to 40 to 50% of the rushing touches um, at that price. I just thought you had to play him. Um, what were your guys' takes on that though? Cause I know that was a point. I, of
2: I mean, for me, Drake was a lock as well. Um and he ended up getting twenty six touches. Dude, Denver's just quit. Like they have come completely- Oh, it's bad. Yeah. So if you have the like list of teams that have quit on the season, I think Denver's fully in that and you want guys against that. We've seen him and Damian Williams combine for a bunch of touches. Uh and so for him to just get I mean, it felt like ninety percent. I don't have the numbers in front of him. I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, he
3: had forty five percent of the overall offensive plays, which is what you want out of a running back that you're gonna
2: Right. So I went, I went Drake Gurley and Carlos Hyde. And I mean, Hyde did not do that well, but he had 20 touches, you know, he, he, but he only got five targets, which I say only, that's still good for a $5,900 back. But I mean, he yeah. just didn't really produce.
3: Yeah. The Hyde thing was a, was an interesting thing. Cause all week I was kind of looking at the Garoppolo thing and trying to figure out, you know, is Garoppolo going to going to check down a lot less because, um, that's where Hyde's workload has been is in all these dump downs that he's been seeing. And, um, you know, it was pretty clear with Garoppolo this week that his um, that he was, I mean, much more comfortable overall than CJ uh, Beathard, but Hyde did not get the, t- the targets. I mean, he had 13 targets last week. So going yep. down to five, I mean, doesn't seem like fives should be a, a bad thing, but, um, that's what bolstered Hyde's value for the last couple of weeks so so much, so it hurt. Yeah,
4: because they 're not running the ball worth a damn, are they? I mean, no. and, and they can't. So it's, and that was a big thing that scared me off of Hyde this week was the uncertainty. I mean, even at his low price, I, I had a hard time, I had a hard time getting to him when I saw guys that were you know, close to him at price or cheaper, that I was much more comfortable with their workload, so I, it just felt easier for me to, to avoid Hyde and go somewhere else. And you, I mean, you went way
2: different than Nate and I. Like, I was Drake, Hyde, and Gurley. Nate, you were Drake, Hyde, and Riddick. And, Riddick. Riddick. Yeah. and you did something completely different that worked out really well, Josh. What, tell me about it.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, it's it, what I could see coming up through the week that, that three by RB was going to be the way to go this week, just with all the cheap guys and the volume there. And I decided to knock one of those guys out to kind of save me the pain of having to decide, because I was more comfortable with the receivers. At higher prices this week, I thought I could pick those guys better. So I went with two running backs. I went with Alex Collins. And then once Riddick became available, I was like – he free-squared pretty quick. So I went with Riddick, and I had Collins penciled in since last Monday pretty much. Um, I think overnight when over, we talked about this, I may have mentioned off-air that that Collins is kind of already penciled in for me. And I stuck with him all week because I just believe that Detroit's run defense still sucks. And I thought that Baltimore would be ahead and just totally suffocate Detroit with the defense. And they ended up doing all of that. And, and Collins was the beneficiary. So he, he got in the box two times. He, I mean, he had a lot of workload. He had a few targets like I thought he would. I mean, he's, he's become their bell cow back effectively. I mean, he's kind of like a, a low-rent version of um, Le'Veon Bell to some degree. You now, granted, Baltimore sucks on offense, but that's why he's a low-rent version. And it, it just worked out really well to date. It'll probably kill me next week. All right, so I want you to – I want you both to rate
2: my fishiness on a scale from, like, minnow to Marlin. How fishy am I for not playing Theo Riddick in cash?
3: I think it was a bad move. Yeah. I think it was pretty fish, just because his price tag, and he, you knew he was going to get seven to – what do you – seven targets? What was your projection? Seven targets, ten carries. I mean, at 3.4, like, I think you just got to do that.
4: Josh? Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I, I could see why you would want to avoid that, just because it's the Lions have been so bad trying to run the ball, and Baltimore has really done an excellent job of snuffing out running backs in the passing game. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, on Twitter this morning, I put up some viz that kind of showed that that it, it's a bad matchup, even if you just isolate the passing game to running backs. That Baltimore is like, I think they're like the third most stout defense in that regard. So. I, there was a lot of cause for concern, even with the price on Riddick being so stinking low, and obviously we come back to volume being king, right? If we think he's going to get 15 to 20 touches, really, can you avoid it? You know, regardless of how bad the matchup seems, and that was where I ended up being. But if you avoided Riddick and went somebody like Drake, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, Collins was right there. You could have gone with, um, you could have gone with Marshawn Lynch. We talked about Marshawn Lynch. I think earlier in the week as being a guy that's a volume play as well. that can be like an arbitrage Tevin Coleman type that we had last week, and he ended up working out really well. So I think you could have gotten off a of Riddick and gone other places and really done well this week. So I really don't – I don't begrudge the decision at all.
2: I'm, I'm pretty mad about the Carlos Hyde. And, you know, 20 touches, it's great and all, but, like, there were cheaper 20 touches out there, and his passing game work was just with a new quarterback just not as assured – as it was before. And so I think, so for me, the, the reason wasn't even that I hated Riddick. I just liked my lineup. And I think that's, I think that's actually a really bad move. You know, I talk about how the last minute tinker like screws you up and yada, yada. But the reality is when there's new information, that's when you should be open to tinkering. Right. Uh, And there was new information and I did not adapt to that. And that was the fishy thing.
4: Would you say that your maybe your failure in that situation was that you didn't have a plan ahead of time to tinker in case something became available? Absolutely, or? and I and I think that's something that for
2: me, uh, you know, I didn't I hate I, I didn't like their offense at all, uh, Detroit. So I wasn't like paying that much attention to. Okay, you know, these guys, you know, if if Abdul is out and this and that, I was like, you know, I didn't care, and so I was not prepared, and when there are like some big situations, like I was fully prepared for if Aaron Jones was inactive, right? Mm-hmm. I was fully prepared for that. I was not prepared for this. And, you know, I was up, I mean, I'm on the West coast, but I was up at 7:30. you know, I had plenty of time to assess it, assimilate it and make changes. And I just looked at my lineup and said, you know what? No, I'm good. You know, I, I
3: just, I approach running back decisions very different than I feel like, a lot of people in the rest of the industry do. Like I value passing so highly and targets so highly for running backs. And when you look at Theo Riddick and I look at like his weekly, you know, he's had one, he's had, he's had three weeks before this game with above with double digit points just from passing. Um, And if I projected him to have five or six targets um, you know, 30 yards, that's, that's like an eight point floor without any touchdowns, without any rushing work whatsoever. And then you add to that twenty I mean, he's got a, t he's got like an eleven or twelve point floor at three point four, which <sighs> I for me it was just like it was hard for me to see him busting. I think the question was does he have the ceiling that Hyde does? No. Does he have the ceiling that Drake does? No. So like I, I, I couldn't see Riddick getting twenty five points, you know, but the floor perspective is what puts me on these passing
2: running decks. Yeah. Well, I just Sorry, ahead, I just I just Googled uh the biggest fish in the world and it's actually the whale shark is the world's largest fish. Um and so that's me. That's is that what we get? No, that's what we get for playing cooks. Sam, I mean uh, we, what do you mean we? I am not oh, playing cooks, so come on cooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's wind, bro.
4: <laughs> I, I sense a pattern here. Like well, you, every week you he loses your high. football on some guy. <laughs>
2: All right, well, let's – dude, let's talk about what you did at receiver here, Nate, and talk about the Cooks thing, and let's let's deep dive into it because, I mean, well, I – Part
3: of the reason why I got so excited about playing these three cheap running backs is because I had three wide receivers that I felt so great about. Like, this was – I normally go into cash with some pretty cheap wide receivers and pay up at running back, and it always looks kind of scary. But I was able to jam in Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Brandon Cooks and felt like I just had a really, really high floor – and a really, really high ceiling for my wide receivers. Those are the; those were my three favorite wide receiver targets from a price consideration all week. You know, Devontae was in there, but those three were my best three. And so it was like getting a lineup with those guys in there. I just was like, this is a no brainer.
2: I, I liked Cooks a whole lot as the week went on. I thought he was a little more expensive than I wanted to go. Just the way the lineup worked. I, I didn't think he was a bad play. Like he's – yeah, forty-eight percent of the team's air yards since uh, since Co- uh, Hogan went out. So I, I didn't think it was a bad play. There's also some wind pregame that got me a little a little squirrely on him as well. But you know, it, only because that's the type of receiver he is. He yeah, is, such a, is is more of a deep ball receiver. So and and Belichick is just such a kind of guy who adjusts to conditions. He's not going to throw in spite of that stuff. He's going to. Do things that are smart in just this situation. So,
3: yeah, I, can- I mean, a season low, his, his, I mean, he had three targets. That was a season low for him. His expected drafting points was 4.9, which, I mean, which is less than 50% of his season low, like 50% lower than his season low
2: before. I mean, it's just, it's, tilt was unreal. It's, it's running very bad. Uh, Josh, what did you do at receiver, man?
4: So, receiver, actually, Nate, you and I were pretty similar, except I had a four receiver stack and they had one in the flex today, but I went with Cooks. I had Hopkins because, I mean, Hopkins, everybody's on Hopkins this week in cash. It was the right thing to do. Yes. Um, and I had Michael Thomas. I, I was a firm believer in Thomas all week. I thought he was, he was ready to have a, a big game, and he was close. Like, he almost had it. And I think if they, that it maybe been a little more competitive at the end. He might have a few more stats. And then I, I needed some cash relief because I didn't go with a, a third cheap runner, so I went with Dontrell Littman. And I thought that he had a good chance with, with – because San Francisco's still a bad defense. They're bad pass defense, too, in addition to a bad run defense. And Trubisky's been targeting him quite a bit over the last few weeks since he's really kind of gotten his onboarding process done. You know, I think he had eight eight or so targets last week. And if I go look today, I don't see exactly where he is. But um, I think he had in the neighborhood of, like, five or six targets and ended up getting a, a score. So, I mean, at, for what he cost at 3900 much how 3900 okay. 3, So – I mean, I was between him and Josh Reynolds as my, you know, punt wide receiver to kind of counteract that running back build. And it ended up working out for me. You know, long-term is probably not the right decision, but today I felt good enough about Inman that I could roll with that and do some other things. So I ended up playing uh,
2: Nuke and Thomas as well. They were fine, right? They were fine. Uh, You know, Nuke saw 14 targets, and he went eight for 80. Like, when you see 14 targets, I mean, that's – Kind of the lower end of your expectation. He had a touchdown early in the game that got taken off the board. I didn't mm-hmm. see it, but that was that was kind of tilty. Uh, and Thomas, you know, he got nine targets, five for seventy and one, and it, we were all on this guy. And I, he's a true number one receiver. You look at his market share, his targets, his area yards, all that stuff. He's a number one receiver that fell below seven K on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked him just as much as Cook. So this is why. For me it was between those guys. So I went with the savings with, with Thomas.
3: Yeah, looking at all these three wide receivers, like it might not have worked out, but like I don't see a way in which I'm not still high on these three guys. Like I, I guess I, I the one thing I will say is the wind. I didn't I didn't know about the wind until I was literally watching the game on red zone. Yeah, I had no idea. I don't, no idea I don't, like I don't know if I just missed it. I don't know if it was a point of conversation all week, but, like, I didn't see anything on Twitter. I didn't get it.
2: I, I didn't see it I on didn't. Twitter either. I just turned on the pregame, and they were, like, yeah. talking about it. And nobody said anything on Twitter about it. But
3: I literally heard nothing about it, and so, like, I had no idea. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching the game, and they're like, so much – and I was like, what? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and
2: was- and yeah, and just Burkhead and White and Deion Lewis, yeah. and then and – A bunch then of rock. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, that was, that was tilt. But overall, I think, you know, if you can get lineups with those – with these number one re- receivers it's just you know Hopkins this was like this is like Hopkins floor you know
1: yeah. Um, yeah I mean Hopkins was the right play I mean he
2: was like almost he was like 50 to 60 percent owned in cash everybody knew it you know yeah. even even though he only quote unquote got 16 I mean you'll take the 14 targets all day and that didn't hurt you that much because everybody had him um, the third guy I went with I went a little off the board and I'm kind of regretting this I went with Stefan Diggs uh, he fit where I was. I didn't have the couple hundred extra to get to Devontae Adams, who I kinda preferred. But, you know, with uh with with True Font out, I was like, dude, Diggs is fire. Like, dude, Diggs is super good. I'm just a big believer in Diggs. I kinda maybe let my my personal affinity and get in the way. And I mean, he only got five targets, five for thirty two, plus a five yard rush. And that was that was bad news. Five point seven you know, for sixty two hundred on DraftKings is not good. Uh why don't you guys break down if you think that Diggs was an okay play? Did I run bad or or am I just the, the the whale shark?
3: No, I think I think Diggs was fine. I think there were a lot of wide receivers that just didn't work out this week. Emmanuel Sanders, Diggs, Cook, uh what did Demarius end up with? I mean, there were all these guys that I thought were, were solid plays around those price points that um you know, Mike Evans, I thought was a great tournament play. Oh my you know god! What, yeah, there were there were a lot of wide receivers that just that just busted this week.
2: I dude, I just want to tweet our text message chain: me, you, and Davis. You know, an hour before the game, Evans' number one GPP play. I, I loved Evans. <laughs> I mean, I loved Evans in the spot.
1: Yeah, I had
4: I had Evans in my lineup all week and yanked him out for Cooks at the last minute. And it's probably a good thing I did because I think I actually came out a little bit ahead on that. But still, it's. I just – I don't understand what happened. Like, what know, happened I, to Evans? He got six know. targets. It's like, what the hell, man? This guy's been getting 12-plus all year, and he gets six today against Green Bay.
1: What the hell?
2: I, I don't know. Like, I, I actually have no – I didn't watch the game. Uh, was
4: Was Tampa Bay's line beat up so badly, which is the reason I got off Evans to begin with, but was it beat up so badly that they just didn't have time to throw him the ball? And that's – you know, that's I don't get that. I don't watch the game today, so I don't get that any kind of sense of what happened, but that's all I can guess that happened based on the injury news I saw ahead of the game.
2: I mean, if you look at, if you look at Tampa's targets, Brate and Evans were their top two target guys with six.
4: Yeah. Ref,
2: was, Humphrey's had four. Like they spread it around. They have like nine yeah. or 10 guys with targets. And
3: Jameis had his lowest eight out on the season at 8.6 when he's averaging up in double digits. And so I don't know if it was line or if it was actually still like just shoulder issues. Um, so I mean maybe that was maybe that was the one issue that we should have looked at is playing a quarterback back from shoulder issues and a deep threat like Mike Evans maybe wasn't the sharpest, but
2: I, I, I thought he I thought he was fired. I
3: thought he was fine.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't play him in cash, but I had I had tournament shares. Let's talk about tight end. Nate, what did you do at tight end here?
3: Tight end was a mess for me all week. Literally I don't think I would have made a good decision regardless. I was between um Austin Safarian and Jenkins. I, um, I mean, I was between a lot of people, and I ended up with just my the safe guy that I have played hundred, almost hundred percent of my lineups this year with Jack Doyle, um, and he ended up with like five. So.
2: I actually, I actually don't think that was a bad play for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, they were they rated to be behind in this game, and yeah, and, and the, the other thing is. Yeah, the corners are great, and Telvin Smith, who's a great, uh, who's a who's a great coverage linebacker, just all around linebacker, was out, and Paul Pazlusny, who can't move at all, the guy's a statue.
4: He's like fifty, isn't he?
2: Yeah, dude, I, and he's and he's got forty seven concussions. I mean, there was just like no way. Uh, I, I I didn't watch that game either because I don't hate myself, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I don't think people realize how much like over the last six games, Doyle's leading all tight ends in target share. He's got over a twenty-seven percent of his team's targets, and like that floor from a tight end is great. And so I just figured in this game, Jacksonville Boyer and Ramsey locking down um, the wideouts. I thought targets were even going to be funneled to him more. I, I I thought it was possible to see above a thirty percent target share for a tight end at five point something K, which I thought was a good play. Uh, it didn't work out. But I mean, even if I didn't pay him, I would have. I would have gone to ASJ, who who busted, or um, who was the other guy I was looking at? Uh, Delaney.
1: Uh,
3: I couldn't get up to Delaney because he was he was like fifty six. Was it Breit? It, it was either Breit or um, uh, I was actually looking at Arizona uh, seals. Uh,
4: Ricky Seals Jones. Breit- yeah, seals- yeah, man. Jones, oh my god! And that's- everybody
3: was calling me fish, but well, i just correct.
4: glad you. I'm glad you didn't say Hooper because I would have roasted your ass for Hooper.
2: No, I mean, I, mean I, I was actually looking forward to it. I mean, Nate scored 118 in cash. I was looking forward to just just burning you to hell for being world's largest fish. And honestly, like, I I kind of think you just ran bad. And
3: then yeah, and then I totally. went defense. I went Chargers, and then quarterback. I went with Gabbard.
4: Oh wait okay. a second!
2: Wait 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 wait! You saved him to last. But he went yes. hey at
4: least he went naked Gabbard right?
2: No yeah Gabbard. I think <laughs> Okay. Do you want to let, do
3: you want to talk about the Gabbert play? I, I don't oh, feel yeah. bad about the Gabbard play. Oh,
4: no, yeah. I, I, hey, no, actually I do want to talk about it. Cause I thought about him a lot today just because of how stinking cheap he was and, and the, the value opportunity that he presented, but I ended up getting off him for one reason or another, but I want to hear the reasoning behind why you played him. <laughs> so the
3: do Gabbert I. The Gabbard thing for me was, um, I mean, I I think a lot of people were on Hunley all week and I was looking at Hunley a lot too. I was trying to get up to Jameis. Um, and then with construction, just looking at Gabbard's price tag, he was the cheapest of the bunch. Um, and he projected for more pass attempts and volume than anybody. And when AP was ruled out, I realized they're going to have to anything that they do is going to be through the air. Um, and Gabbert ended up, I mean, he chucked the ball. He was fourth in air yards on the week with over 387 air yards. Um, I mean, the volume was there. Um, and at 4.7 K, I mean, he, he, he passed for 200 something passing yards where, you know, Hundley passed for what 70. I mean, I, I,
2: I <laughs> 200 something. <laughs> I mean, first off, I did play Hundley. So I mean, I'm kind of out on a limb here a little bit. But dude, I mean, the Rams are an awesome defense. And I know that DVOA is not like the best. It's not like super predictive when it comes to matchup. But just in like a general sense, like they were fifth in overall DVOA coming into this week, third against the pass. Dude, that defense is destructive.
4: I, I, is, but we saw Gabbard do fine against Jacksonville last week. I mean, he had yeah, like he a 20-point performance, right? I mean, so he kind of scrapped it together. Here's something
2: you guys are forgetting about Blaine Gabbard is that he's Blaine Gabbard. That's the thing. That's the one thing that you can't get past here. I'm going to go full Davis-matic on this. Bro, bro, here's – I don't want to hear about your stats. I don't want to hear about your volume projections. None of that. You're a fish. It's Blaine Gabbert. You cannot play Blaine Gabbert in cash. No way, no how. What are you doing, bro?
3: Blaine Gabbert versus Jacksonville, the toughest secondary in the league, um, put up two touchdowns and, um, I mean, literally just last week. And I, I don't know. The volume he had versus Hunley. it was like I felt fine with it. And I don't feel bad about it after the fact. He ended up even outscoring Hunley by like three, three or four points, right?
2: You should feel bad. No. To, to I compare. think
3: Gabbert is, is totally fine. I think.
2: And don't, yeah. and do not compare him to Hunley because Hunley was also a very bad play. So,
4: I mean, he, well, I mean, was he really? So, so here's the thing. Let me just ask
2: I projected
3: Gabbert to literally have the second most passing attempts on the week at 4.7 K.
2: Yeah. But like, the thing about the thing about quarterback, and I'm going to steal a little Chris Raybon here is that the thing about quarterback is efficiency. It's not volume. Like quarterbacks benefit from volume so much less than they do from efficiency. That's just how it is. But you
3: also have to take into account price tag. Like when you're when I'm talking about efficiency versus a, for like a Tom Brady versus a Blaine Gabbert at 3. point or you know 3k less, like it's a it's a big big difference. And I just think when you can when you can project for that much volume like what is your touchdown percent projection for Gabbert versus versus a um who did you go with? cleanly? half a percent what's your what's your touchdown percentage difference half a percent with 10 more passing attempts who's going to score more touch like it's think about it from a math perspective like gabbert at 4.7 is a fine play
2: i mean i'd rather just play the guy who like has better weapons and who is facing the worst defense and runs a lot more that was kind of and i know gabbert runs a little bit but that was That was like the way I thought about it. I wanted Janus too. Jameis was my top
4: target. Wait, you said the guy that runs a lot and plays the worst defense, right? And we're not talking about Blake Bortles. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, we got to talk about Blake Bortles. He was 5,400 today. And once we found out that Rashawn Melvin was going to be out, I mean, he he and Marquise Lee were like a stack that you could lock in at like relatively cheap price and – you know, I, I had penciled in him for a while once I heard Melvin was out, and I got off of it for a couple reasons. I, I can talk about that later. But it's, you know, if we're talking about that cheap guy that goes against the crappy defense, I think it's Bortles right now, honestly, because it, I don't see him being all that much more next week. He, he should have hit his price ceiling this week against Indianapolis because they're terrible on defense, right? And they yes. have the game script in their favor.
2: The, and, not- and, and you're right about this. The, the one thing that when I looked at Bortles, the one thing I thought is they're going to be up. And Jacksonville just wants to run the ball. I thought I could see him, like, throwing a minuscule, like, potentially – I thought that floor could be, like, 17, 18 pass attempts. But, dude, he crushed. I mean, you're right. Dude, he crushed. And he threw for 300 yards, and he ran for 27. He threw two. I will say Marquise Lee was, like, my good call on this whole cast. Him and Kelsey were, like, two guys that I pumped. So. Marquise Lee
3: balled out. The one thing I will say – I mean, I think – People aren't realizing that Blaine Gabbert actually has been scoring. Like, his touchdown percentage this year is is 5.77%. In in what? He
2: started,
4: what, two games before
3: this? Yeah, three games. But I'm just saying, Uh, like –
4: That's the Ricky Seals-Jones effect.
3: (laughs) I mean, I I just – I don't know. When you can project a guy for that much volume uh, and quarterback efficiency –
2: I mean, I'm just I'm 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 putting down a ruling as the host of the show. You gotta take the L here. No, dude, I think this you're is, wrong. This is just this is just very bad. Dude, what what did you do at, at quarterback, Josh? Let's let's have an actual good play here.
4: Yeah, so well I, I'm I don't know if this is really a good play. I thought it was a good play at the time. You know, once we heard that, that Atlanta was gonna be down like seventy five defensive backs, I went to Keenum and I played him naked today because I didn't want to have to struggle with that decision with Diggs and Thielen. I liked both I liked Rudolph too at tight end. But I thought the safest play was just, let's get to Keenum. He was only six grand. And I thought if I could get to Keenum and just ride the wave there, if they have a good offensive game, then I'll just get it all on the quarterback and back off and do some other things elsewhere, wide receiver. And, you know, he got, he got two touchdowns today and it was just, it worked out okay, but I, it could have been so much better. I mean, he could have, he could have been a 30 point day if they could have just gotten the offense going a little bit, but they chose not to, they chose to, to just, you know, totally suffocate Atlanta instead.
2: The the thing about Keenum that you want to keep in mind here is that, I mean, forget about projections and all this stuff. Just think about it theoretically. You want a high floor and a high ceiling, right? You want those things. I think that Keenum's got both of them. Gabbert has a super low floor. Hundley has a super low floor. And I, I know that Keenum was a little bit more expensive, but dude, at the end of it, you pay for some safety. And in cash games, I think that's smart. And frankly, me and you are fish, Nate. That's... That's what it comes down to. You just need to, dude, you need to embrace the fact that you're a sockeye salmon and just roll with it? Like that's
3: you're talking like Keenum and them were close to the same. It was a 30 percent price difference. we were talking about 4.7 versus 6K. Well, yeah, like,
2: Brandon, the- I mean, you had to have Brandon Cooks. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the the most fire play that I think anybody had today, Josh. Let's talk about your tight end.
4: Yeah, so once, once I saw that Andy Reid was giving up play calling duties, I decided to get on to Kelsey pretty hard. <laughs> this is so sharp.
3: Sharpest move of the week. This is so sharp. Sharpest, the opposite of whatever this killer shark.
2: He's, he's, the, he's, fly, he's the fly fisherman. He sits yeah. in the stream and he just casts and casts and catches fish. Yeah, like, you catch fish.
4: That's, yeah, so at tight end, I thought this was a pay-up at tight end week. I didn't like any of the cheap tight ends. You know, kept getting spit out by a lot of the projection systems, and I thought he was okay, but he'd been hurt, and, and Jameis is hurt, and I thought that Brady would actually get sucked in in line more to block today once I heard about the OL injuries. At that point, I said, okay, well, I'm going to pay up at tight end. I'll make do at wide receiver, and I'll make do at running back, and it ended up working out really well. And, and it's um, You know, I heard about the play call and change for Kansas City. I thought that was good. I thought a lot of people would be off of Kelsey because he only had a four-target game last week. I mean, he basically was erased from the game plan by his own quarterback, who would not throw him the ball and he's wide ass open. So everybody, was, everybody who paid up at tight end paid for Gronk. Yeah, and, and it made Gronk's a lot of a sense great. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gronk smashed. I mean, he outscored Kelsey this week.
2: Yeah, did he really?
4: He did. Yeah,
3: Gronk smashed. Gronk, Gronk had a thirty-seven percent target share. He had ten receptions.
4: Ten receptions. He got the bonus. He got a touchdown. I mean, he just he just. He took all the wide receiver balls. <laughs> oh, shit.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Technical difficulty. Seriously, man.
2: I'm so excited. He literally I mean, fell over. I'm mean, the embodiment of tilt here.
4: Dude, that would be worth the price of the video alone. Seriously, you? man. We re- we have earthquakes in Texas, believe it or not.
2: <laughs> gronk we, smash. We had a Gronk quake in Yeah, here. you just talk about Gronk and all of a sudden just <laughs> – Things start shaking. That's oh, either man. a celebration or okay. yeah, the, a the tilt is
4: real. No, but, he, man, I mean, it's like he had 11 targets today. He caught 10 of them. He got the bonus. He got a touchdown. I mean, he just – he took he all the wide receiver scored. volume away. I yeah. don't think that he scored. Yeah, he got in the box. Gronk
3: didn't. Kelsey scored twice. I thought Gronk got in the box.
4: Hold yeah. on. He got in the penalty box. He did get in the penalty. Yeah, he's going to miss a game, huh? It looks that way.
2: Yeah, oh, it, it, yeah, that was. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was two. That was egregious. Right? Moment. Okay, he
4: didn't get in the box. Yeah, nine for one forty-seven. So it was yeah. almost like he got in the box because he scored so many damn Kelsey points. Kelsey was
3: six yards away from the bonus too. Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey just, yeah, after it, the first great. quarter. He
4: yeah, he was. Yeah, it. he had ninety yards after like three plays. It just. And how did he not get there? I don't get it. Like, did they just decide? Oh, oh, we're not going to throw to him anymore. He's doing. They gave, too good. They gave <laughs> the
2: sheet back to Andy Reid after the first quarter. And they're like, yeah. Hey bro, not even you can screw this up. Yeah. But.
4: He, Andy, He's like, dude, you're making me look bad. Yeah. Give it back. Give I'm it gonna back. Lose my job. Hold my beer. It's like, it's like Doug Peterson's already making me look like an asshole. I can't have you doing it too. <laughs> I love it. It's not corporate Josh here.
2: <laughs> I mean, the thing about the thing about like swearing on the podcast is like Davis won't do it because he'll have to edit it out. But when he's gone, I have to, and I'm not doing it. Like,
4: forget all that. <laughs> I, I mean, you could beat me, but I heard you say a couple of bad words last week. I was like, all right, bro, it's fair game. I just won't leave the, the F word or the S word, but we'll we'll mix in a couple of colors. Yeah,
2: if you one can one. say it on The Simpsons, you can say it right here, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the rule. Uh, I ended up going with Cameron Braid. I ended up doing Braid. I think I, I mean, I ran pretty good, obviously, because he scored twice, but he got six targets for 2.9. And I thought that was great. It was just the whole thing. Like because I wasn't able, like the way I thought about it is I wanted some of Green Bay and some of Tampa Bay, and so I couldn't go Jameis and and Adams, so I went Hundley and Brait. And I mean, it was like Brait was Breit was fine. Uh, the whole thing to me was yeah, like he was he was he was doing great with Jameis in there. Like his snap count isn't that great, but it wasn't even great at the beginning of the season. So I have a question
3: for you guys. This I was thinking about it all morning, and after the games, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that it might be, you know, whole, all season we've gotten lucky by paying down at tight ends and never paying up, and it working out because there's always been guys. And I think we're we finally hit a point in the season where um, I think that runs over. And I think if you're paying down at tight end, it's um, you gotta you gotta be okay with a single you know single digit two four five point performance. Where, you know, with Gronk, Kelsey, Ingram, and Delaney up there getting these targets, um, I I think it's time to start going like maybe paying up at tight end in cash is the the move later in the season now.
2: And the Mm -hmm. reason for it is that there's a pricing correction, that we're not getting the great value. You know, those guys that have been, you know, four to 4.4 or whatever are now in the five grand range.
3: Yeah, yep, yep.
2: They're becoming prohibitive.
3: Yeah, I mean, all week tight end was looking weird for me. And just looking at it, like, you know, Gronk, even I mean, if, let's say you didn't get up to Gronk or Kelsey, even Evan Engram. I mean, had just, just, he just smashed. And I'm like, you know, these guys, we knew their target shares coming into the week were going to be so high. Um, and those three guys all put up, you know, above 20 DraftKings points with uh, 24% target share or above, you know, with, with almost all three of them eclipsing 100 yards bonus, you know. So the
2: one the one thing I will say about paying up for tight end is that these guys have very low floors. Even guys like Kelsey, even guys like Gronk, we see them have three or four target games occasionally. And not, like, once or twice a year. Like, dude, every couple of weeks this happens. And so that's why I've been pretty reticent to, like, pay up for tight end. And, and I mean,
3: I think Evan Ingram's floor is – I mean, for his price tag this week at 5.7, I think his floor is very comparable to any wide receiver that you would have paid for at 5.7.
2: Possibly. What, what were
4: you saying, Josh? Oh, well, I, I think I was going to say, like, um, you know, now that we're this late in the season, I think you had an interesting point about the pricing adjustments. And we see this kind of shift from our leverage as guys that play this a lot being from the cheap tie ends and the cheap wide receivers at the beginning of the season. We get to the point where now it's the leverage is the cheap running back and the cheap quarterback – and we've got to pay up at wide receiver and we've got to pay up at tight end in order to get what we want every week. So I'm like you, Nate. Uh, tight end looked weird to start the week. And I'm pretty quick, I just penciled in. I was like, Gronk, Kelsey, Walker, and maybe Hunter Henry. And then I looked down and I was like, I don't like any of the rest of these guys at all, oh, and, just because and, I don't trust the volume. And we saw this
2: last year. You're talking about pricing adjustments. We Remember last year for the first half of the season – DJ and, and we were like 8K. we were like 8K Damn at the it. top. It
4: was so... Just keep clicking on. the button. Just
2: and printing it was, money. It was just printing money. Like, we made so much money. It was so great. They but were
3: like the second, 20% owned in cash games.
2: It was so... Can amazing. we go back? Can <laughs> we go back? Dude, I I, I thank uh, the Zero RB community because that filtered into DFS and people use that to build DFS lineups and it just wasn't a good idea. But in the second half of the season, they shifted it, Right. All of a sudden, the top wide receivers went down to that range, and then Bell and DJ went up into the mid-9Ks range. And you had to start adjusting the way that you built lineups. You have to be really cognizant of that right now. And and I think you guys are right. We're seeing that adjustment at the tight end position. So Yeah, and
4: we, and we still get snake bit. You're exactly right, because I got snake bit by Kelsey last week. You know, I ran a two tight end stack with with Kelsey and Cook. well, and no, you
3: didn't get snake bit by Kelsey. You got snake bit by Andy Reid.
4: You're exactly right. See, I I learned. I went to school on Reed and, you know, but still it's, it it happens, right? It happens. And it's, um, you know, if I would have known that the weather was going to change in in, uh, Buffalo today, I probably would have gotten off Kelsey and gone to Gronk just thinking that, you know, the volume's going to shift in that offense. I'm kind of glad I didn't. I'm glad I stuck with Kelsey. He was 300 bucks cheaper and he allowed me to do really what I wanted to do at the end of the day. Um, it probably kept me from tinkering with things just avoiding the news. I think Sammy was the only one with this inside
3: inside news on the wind. I, I, I literally didn't hear one other human being talking about it.
2: It's that's just what he gets for me. watching I'm, the I'm watching games. The yeah, goods. that's what I get. That's what I get for watching gotta the games. got to share game. the goods. <laughs> um, let's talk about defense and special teams. I know this is boring, but we're seeing a pricing adjustment here too. Jacksonville was 4.5 on DraftKings this week. The Chargers were 4 grand. And so if you haven't picked up on this, I mean, the way I usually build cash is like cheap quarterback, uh, cheap tight end, cheap DST, and then expensive at running back and wide receiver. And that's done really well for me this season, but the prices are adjusting. Nate, you paid up. Do you both pay up for the chargers? I did.
3: did? No, I bailed out. In cash, I've been paying up for defense um, more and more this season. Um, and then in GPPs paying down because I think it's 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 one of those positions where in GPPs the variance is so high that it's worth it. But in cash, like paying for that, where I just you know there are times where it's like the Chargers or the Rams or Jacksonville. These guys are just in smash spots where it's like when you can get six points of equity versus your you know in your head-to-heads games at a position that's huge, especially when it comes at a four hundred to seven hundred dollar discount. Sometimes you know.
2: So Josh, what did you do at, at defense?
4: Yeah, so once I heard that that um Detroit was a bit hobbled on the offensive line and that Stafford was still kind of dealing with his injury, I got onto the Ravens. They've been just they're dynamite at home. Just dynamite I thought, at I home. I thought the Ravens were the cash play. I ended
2: up not playing them because I went cheap, uh, but I thought they were the cash play. I don't like paying four grand for for a defense. I, I, just,
4: I just it's tough. Play. Like it really limits you at a lot of other places. Like that that eight or nine hundred dollars it means a lot it really does and there is so much variance there like the ravens are beasts at home i thought what
2: did what did the ravens end up scoring i had, them they had defense, 16 but yeah that's that's so strong so, yeah, yeah and this is dude this is where i douche myself again you know what i did you know what i you know what i did at defense and special teams i gotta
4: know you went with the jets didn't you oh you're damn right i did
2: you're I damn right ra-
4: I looked at that. How did
2: you score more points than me this week? I feel like yeah, my lineup.
3: Cameron I already told oh. you,
4: man. You ran bad. You Cameron ran bad. Bray.
3: Cameron Bray. What did he put up?
4: He's got he a, like 20, points. right? Oh. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he had a 2,900 boy in I mean his lineup. Here,
2: so here's the thing. Like, I made some mistakes, and that's, and that's, I think, obvious. But at the end of the day, my running backs got 26, 20, and 25 touches. My receivers got 14, 9, and 5 targets, more than 9 apiece. My yeah. tight end got 6. You know, my quarterback ran for 66 yards. Yeah, that, outside uh, I mean, a
3: quarterback, that'll win you 60% of the time in cash
2: games. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. like Mistakes were definitely made. Uh, that I mean, I should have been off the Jets once I found out that Andy Reid was not calling the plays anymore. <laughs>
1: like, I, I mean, that
2: cost me. <laughs> that was the least, news of the week. At least nine points. At least nine DraftKings points this cost me. And oh, I just ooh. didn't adjust.
4: You, you. I mean, they did you half a favor. They didn't give Kareem Hunt the ball, but nine times today. <laughs> you guys,
2: you guys didn't play Kareem Hunt. I didn't play Kareem Hunt. I kid you not. There were people who
4: played Kareem Hunt. I, you know, I put him in a just a tournament lineup, just a dollar tournament, just for the hell of it, just to well, get sure. something crazy out there. And <laughs> at that point, it made sense because, like, oh, they got a new play caller. Well, there's a chance they might actually be ahead, and they can run the ball a little bit this week. And, and West being out, I mean, at that point, it kind of. It's not quite a girly level, like the volume and the touch, and the, especially the target volume, but it made some sense from a Katrina yeah, perspective was, to get.
3: I don't think Hunt was that bad. He's, his price is now adjusted. He's 6.9. It's yeah, like, I mean, he was cheap enough. Yeah, it's he, not like you're paying AK for him anymore. You're paying for, less for him than you are for McCaffrey, Coleman. You know, people played Jordan Howard, for crying out loud. Like, I think Hunt's much I, better. Than
4: but, I, I, but I thought
2: Howard was a good tournament. Howard was in a
4: smash spot, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, okay, so we're let's, let's get back to the point. I'm being a bad host, and we're running a little bit long here. Let us just talk about a couple things that we learned. Let's really fast go over the slate and wrap this thing up. Uh, I will start with a couple things that I learned. Uh, number one, key takeaway, Jimmy Garoppolo, new quarterback. He targeted nine different receivers, eight to Marquise Goodwin, six to Taylor, seven to the tight ends, six to the running backs. He really spread it around. He was not a check-down artist. He played really well uh, from what I saw. He didn't, like, score a bunch, but he he played well. And, I mean, we have to understand that the days of Hyde getting 10-plus targets, I don't want to say they're over. We just can't count on that right now. Uh, Number two, and this goes back to what we were talking about, Nate, you can play cheap quarterbacks still, but do not play quarterbacks that are confirmed bad at football. That is – Hundley, Simeon, Gabbert, these guys are actually bad at football. And I don't want to hear anything from you, Nate. They're bad at football. Uh guys that are actually good at football, Jameis, McCown, uh, Keenum. I think those guys are actually, dude, they're not great, but they're legitimate NFL quarterbacks.
4: Whereas uh-huh. Mm, I will Gabbard's argue right
2: that for it. it right there. S- S- Nate, I'm going to mute you. You better stop it right now. Just shut <laughs> it. Just shut it the F down right now. I, I will boot you right out of this room. Go, go ahead, Josh.
4: I, no, it's to. I'm not actually going to bat for Gabbard in the right situation. They just All right. I'm, I'm, right I'm now. doing the
2: rest of the pod. The rest <laughs> of the pod is a solo pod. No. That is it. Solo you guys bad. are done. You guys are getting grogged out of here. Just, just Swim away, swim upstream. Can I, just, can I just say my
3: one my one takeaway from this week? Flash Gordon, 100 percent of lineups next week. He's oh. back. He is back. Eleven targets, yes. 210 air yards, 34.38 air percent target share. I am all. On, I'm so. I'm so hyped. I, okay. I gotta say okay. that was the only thing I was excited about all day.
4: I got, I admire your commitment on Friday and on the Soulcast, Sammy on Josh Gordon because when you when you spat him out, I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me that. You're really going to go with Gordon as your pick. And, you know, who would have guessed that they'd pump 11 targets his way today? 11 flipping targets. He hasn't played in three years. I mean, it's none, none of that matters,
2: dude. Josh Gordon is a dog. Athletic freak. Josh that Gordon athletic, is a. You know, beast.
4: We, we know who, who Hugh Jackson really loves. He loves him some Josh Gordon. Hell He loves yeah. that dude. And so does Nate, and so do I. Okay, so we're
2: going to play a little game now. We are going to guess. We, none of us have looked. We are going to guess Josh Gordon's price. For next he,
4: week. He was he was 4,100 this week, right?
2: He was 41. Nate, I'm starting with you.
3: I'm going to guess 52.
2: Okay. And Josh?
4: I'll guess 48.
2: Uh, I'm going higher than that. I'm going – dude, I'm going 59. This is going to be a I'm, test. I'm going six is, grand. I'm going six even.
4: This is a test of how well we know the DK algorithm, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. So I, I, will, I will go ahead – and look this up, thirteen game slate next week. He's playing against Green Bay. Nate, you're gonna have a hundred percent. I'm gonna have hundred percent. Josh, are you coming with
4: us? No, I'm gonna go on Coleman. I'm oh, going contrarian. The, oh. the
2: contrarian.
4: Yeah. Josh you're Gordon,
2: it when he puts up two hundred yards with two TDs. Who said fifty two hundred? That Nate, was Nate. Nate, you are the winner. He's fifty five hundred next
4: week. Oh, I will not. I'll 100%, have zero.
3: Hundred percent hundred percent dude he's gonna be 7k 7500 you're gonna be playing in week 15 josh such dude, me this, this, this is this is this is buying way. bitcoin this is buying bitcoin at 5500 get in early this is happening
4: yes Wait, yes this smacks of 2016 deandre hopkins no. receiving passes from dead people no like 16 targets care. and two catches
2: no, no, nope. dude. I'm telling, I'm telling you. Gordon is smashing. It's dude. all happening. It's like he,
3: somebody he, with his talent profile getting 11 targets in 210 air yards. The things that he can do on a football field.
2: He
4: looked look amazing 100% today.
3: 100. percent I watched 100%. his highlights.
4: He looked so sexy out there running down the field. He's oh, a and I that
3: mean, beast. was with he We've had no talking. chemistry with Kaiser. He had no chemistry. Just wait till next week. Another week of chemistry. Wait, don't talk about chemistry. He's a he's a
4: recovering oh. addict now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm
2: I'm not joking. Like, I may or may not uh, – well, I'm going to say something inappropriate. Never mind. I'm gonna <laughs> I, ever- I I had a total non-corporate thing to say. Wait, not, you're going to
4: buy wrong. his jersey, right? Um, I have him in all of my
3: seasonal leagues, and I am putting 100% of my playoff seasonal teams with him in him. Wait, you have seasonal teams? I do, actually, but I make playoffs, so I'm not like you guys
2: in tilting. Oh, mother of God. This is the worst. This is just so freaking bad i'm I'm so tilted all over again uh dude, let's just talk about this slate before you know, if
4: we drank some more red Bulls, we'd probably be in our seasonal playoffs.
2: Do you know that's a, dude Nate, you I,
3: have josh Gordon and d Westbrook for these late season smash
2: hammers. you realize you get like family economy sized bales of poison delivered to you every couple days right like that is I mean, it's eating your insides right now
3: Amazon prime you get 24 pack delivered every couple days <laughs> never run out
2: it's it's, it's really point. bad okay you know,
4: they, they send it in iv bags if you didn't know that i mean he's got it mainlined right now
2: yeah uh, <laughs> the, okay quick very quickly our two game slate here uh my Steelers are on the road against the Bengals tomorrow night they are minus 4.5 favorites and then the thursday night game is going to be a lot of fun as well both divisional matchups new orleans at atlanta uh, on Odds Shark, it had uh, Atlanta favored by a point and a half.
4: I believe which, that.
2: Yeah, I was I was a little surprised, but you know, it's all right. Um, so let's talk really fast. Let's just all give one play from the position and and get get the hell out of here. Uh, first quarterback, Nate. Who's your favorite quarterback on the slate?
3: Um, I'm probably gonna go Breeze.
2: Okay. Why you like Breeze, bait.
3: Um, I just think versus Atlanta, I think this is a spot where he, he can he can smash. You know, we talk about Drew Brees in, in home games and why we like him so much, Atlanta being a dome. I think he's um, he can spread it around to these receivers. We've seen what he can do. And as much as I'm like – the reason I want Brees is because I'm going to have 0% Kamara, but if Kamara does have two touchdowns again and explodes, I can at least get some of that from Brees' exposure.
2: Kamara. I mean
3: – I love 0% Kamara on a – two-game slate like this
2: you realize the story of the rest of the season it has nothing to do with adjusting to pricing you know all this stuff you know it's going to come down to does Kamara smash or doesn't he if he doesn't smash me and you Nate at least you and I I don't know where you're at Josh we're going to make money and if he does smash we're going to go busto like that's,
3: I'm just going to keep betting on the fact that a guy who touches the ball 14 times isn't going to continue to score 30 DraftKings points
4: let me throw something at you though Nate could, since this is a short game for them, a Thursday game, could they not flip their usage on on Ingram and Kamara this week? Because I mean, Kamara had what? He had he had 14 touches today, and Ingram had 19. So I mean, but this is built up over the season. So could they not flip that usage and give Kamara, let's say, 20 touches, and and Ingram 14? His this overall
3: week? his overall offensive share this week was twenty two point seven. Last week was twenty two point four five. The week before that was twenty six point nine. The week before that was twenty two. It's pretty clear that they're like limiting him between twenty two and twenty seven
4: percent. So I, I. Well, you got to keep that T V rate up high, right?
2: I mean, yeah. what percentage of people, Nate, do you think are listening to this right now, thinking Nate and his database and all this stuff? And
4: he's probably
3: the same manager. people who listened to me after week one through five when I said Kareem Hunt isn't going to continue. And thought I was a fish then. So I remember, yeah, you
4: were totally called a fish then, and you were spot on. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: So yeah. I'm, I mean, I'll bet on that hundred times out of hundred.
4: I mean, I'm with you here.
2: I'm fading Kamara from here on out. He's 8.4 this week. Yeah. He's 8.4 next week. Like I, 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 I'm not paying that for a guy that gets 14 touches. Yeah. And if I get dealt with, I get dealt with. That's how it's going to be. You know. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, what about you? What do you like? Yeah. For so quarterback?
4: for quarterback, uh, you know, I think I think for me, I'm probably going to look at Dalton as a contrarian play. You know, it's a yes. divisional game, and I think that the only way that, that Cincinnati is going to get the ball moving offensively and score is going to be through the air because I, I, they, they just can't run the ball that well. They ran the ball well against Cleveland last week. I think that was more of an anomaly than a, than a start of a trend. And between, you know, A.J. Green and the rest of the, you know, really the scraps in that offense, but I, I think it's going to be Dalton that has to get that thing going. I, and I like him as a contrarian player. He's the cheapest guy. I'm actually – so I'm actually kind of with you here. So Pittsburgh – A, Pittsburgh's rush defense is
2: extremely good. Stephon Tuitt and Casey Hayward and then Hargrave in the middle. This is like one of the most underrated no-name defensive lines. They are unbelievably good. And ever since Joe Hayden went out, there have been some massive breakdowns. We saw this against Green Bay last week. We saw it against Indianapolis the week before. Massive breakdowns, guys running wide open. And with the inexperienced guys back there, I think it's very contrarian, and I think it's probably a good idea to have some exposure in that regard. I really do. Um, let's let's go to running back. Uh, we're not playing Kamara. Um, Le- I'm going to have a ton
3: of Le'Veon, especially because we don't know currently the status of Antonio. I mean, you're more tuned in to sealer's
2: News. Yeah, do you think the, he's gonna play? I, I think we know as much as we, we're going to know right now. Uh, the, <laughs> he made the – tr-
3: it's a toe and for somebody like that who is such like a precision guy, like a toe and like even if he does play, like that could have huge ramifications on like his ability to perform. So and that exactly. means Le'Veon Bell becomes the
4: wide receiver too again in the offense, like last week when, when Juju was out. So I think that's I think that's the right idea in modern, monitoring Brown for Le'Veon exposure.
2: Well and the and the and the strength of the Bengals is their outside coverage as well. And so the inside guy, Smith-Schuster, uh, dudes, like, dudes like Le'Veon Bell, I, I really think are just going to feed. And we've seen Le'Veon, uh, you know, really do better on the road historically because they ride him more on the road. Pittsburgh tends to play more hurry-up at home. They tend to air it out more at home with the home crowd. They're able to audible a lot and do that sort of stuff. You see them really pounded on the road a whole lot more. He has some severe touchdown splits. Um, I have no problem – Doing Le'Veon and Mixon in the same lineup, either. Uh, I could certainly see Mixon getting enough passing work to to pay off his price tag, even though he's not in a great matchup here. And on short slates, I'm not afraid to play running backs against each other. So that's something I might do because it's very hard to get two high-priced running backs, in in my opinion.
3: Oh my gosh, you were right about the home. I I I didn't know if that was if that had continued this year. He again, all of Le'Veon's touchdowns this year have come on the road. Correct. None of his touched on.
2: I mean, and you want to say, dude, that's just variance. It's not a no, Pittsburgh's no. I mean, down at the two-yard line, and they're shovel-passing to Xavier Grimmel, yeah. and they're slanting yeah. to Antonio Brown, and they're throwing it to Jesse James, and they won't give it to Le'Veon at home. It's, it's something crazy. It really is. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's talk about some receivers that we like. Josh, uh, who, are, who are some of your major targets here?
4: You know, I'm probably going to look – if I'm talking about Dalton, I'm probably going to stack A.J. Green with him. I think A.J. Green is in a good spot this week. He Obviously, he's a lot cheaper than Brown and Julio Jones. Um, I, I kind of like Jones. Even if Lattimore plays, I think Julio can get him. I think he's a decent tournament play. He will be even the though chalk. though he's highly priced. He you think chalk. he'll be chalk? If Lattimore doesn't play. If Lattimore doesn't play. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely go back to the Michael Thomas. Well, especially if they're having some defensive back issues in Atlanta again. Now, what we did see with Atlanta today, though, is that as a team, they defended Diggs and Thielen relatively well without their top guys in. And that's something that that Frisco Josh Josh Hernsmeyer mentioned is that some teams, some defensive teams, even without their top guys, are good enough as a defensive team that they can defend the receivers well. I think we're seeing a, le- a little bit out of Atlanta um, today, so I'm I'm going to be cautious. Um, michael thomas but i think the target volume will be there especially if they decide to cool it with the running backs a little bit and air it yeah. out so i that's think he's one, a good play that's the one fear that i always have with thomas is that drew
3: Brees is so good at spreading it out like today nine different receivers touched had a reception so it's like that's why i almost feel like getting breeze just covers all of that exposure where you know i i always get scared of playing thomas but yeah thomas he should smash
2: well, I mean, I you know on these slates, I think you want to have some contrarian aspects, and I think doing something like Dalton to AJ Green is contrarian, or even something like him to Brandon Lafell, right? Um, and then and then paying up else. Shout out Davis Matic. Yeah, mm-hmm. Davis Matic. I mean, this is not a thirteen game cash slate. So. Davis
4: Matic Memorial Wide
2: Receiver <laughs> Pick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Juju will be the chalk if Antonio Brown doesn't play uh, because he's really affordable. Andy generally plays on the inside. We'll see how they distribute that if if Brown doesn't play. But
4: I, mean, I thought Martavis would be chalk if if Antonio doesn't go.
2: I mean, I wouldn't. I I think he's a long shot play,
4: but because I mean, really, who takes the Antonio Brown role if Antonio doesn't go? Is it's Bryant, right? He he runs that flanker stuff like yeah, Brown does.
2: Yeah, he's an he's an outside guy. Juju is more of a slot guy. But what they probably do is. Is bring both Juju and him outside, you know, and then are going to run Eli, Eli Rogers in the slot? In the slot, because Eli can't play
1: outside. No. Yeah, so, so what, I, think Martavis,
3: what, what, I think Martavis gets a couple more deep shots. I think Juju gets a couple more targets, and I think uh, Le'Veon also gets a couple. What more about more. Darius
4: Hayward Bay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you mean oh. just you mean Justin Hunter?
4: Or, or him yeah that's but, who's the
2: Darius Hayward Bay role in Pittsburgh Darius
4: has evolved I mean he's on the Pittsburgh hands team so I mean something has gone right <laughs> in his career
2: he's how did, learned to he, be on the hands team how did he ever get on a hands team that's dude that's a that's a Tomlin gaff right there
4: that's, um, that's any, just when you're short on bodies right
2: <laughs> any 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 inexpensive guys that you that you guys think you'll have exposure to that are like kind of off the board
3: I mean Martavis would be the one I mean at 4.5 I mean I know 4.5 is not a great screaming value but I mean, from a wide receiver standpoint, it, it is on the slate.
4: Yeah. Josh? I might look at – there's a couple of guys I'd look at. One's Taylor Gabriel, and we talked pre-show about how Taylor Gabriel, like his his breakout game last season was against New Orleans on a Thursday in the Georgia Dome, and it's like when Kyle Shanahan discovered how to use him in the offense. I think he, he's a guy that could get like a sneaky touchdown. Another guy I would look at potentially be Brandon Coleman. Brandon Coleman's a guy that's like touchdown or bust, but he's only 3000 So if you want to get a little bit of salary relief at wide receiver and play two expensive running backs, he might be a guy worth looking at. The other thing about Coleman is that Kobe Fleener got put on IR.
2: And Kobe Fleener was not a blocker. I mean, he was only playing like a quarter of the snaps anyway. But Fleener has really become a guy who, you know, was just an intermediate pass catcher, and now they're out of that. Sneed still isn't getting a ton of time. Coleman potentially could – Get some time in there. I will say one of the things I do like about Atlanta is you were talking about their team defense. They have a couple of guys. They have Keanu Neal at safety and they have Deion Jones at linebacker. These guys are both players. Yep. And so that could potentially jam up the middle of the field a little bit. We'll see. But obviously for three grand,
4: I mean. So, all right. So if they're jamming up the middle of the field, this is just kind of conjecture right now. Wouldn't Teddy Ginn make a lot of sense in the way that New Orleans has used him really short in the passing game as opposed to that deep shot?
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of the guy that, that I was thinking of. And he's not that inexpensive. He's 5.4. It's not like he's super cheap. Um, so he's not like my favorite play. But I think it's like a contrarian option. Uh, I, I like it a lot. So that's the guy I'd probably throw out there. Uh, tight end. I mean, there's really only three tight ends on this on this board now, right? Because, I mean, who's, who's the – Josh Hill is now New Orleans, him and Hannah Manui. Like, I don't yeah. think you can play those
3: guys. I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard to play most of those New Orleans guys just because you can't really comfortably project them for, like, three targets. I mean, that was the crazy thing about today's game is, you know, we saw a Breeze, like I said, pass to nine receivers, and only three of them had more than three targets, and that was uh, Thomas, Kamara, and Ingram. You know, all these other guys getting one to two targets. So, yeah, they only
4: target tight end three times today.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm all, I'm all for being contrarian. But... I think it's Croft. I think it's Croft. Yeah. He's the tight end play for me.
2: I think I think Jesse James is gonna be a lot of leverage and you're just because people are gonna want Pittsburgh and they're gonna want Juju or into, or you know, whoever, Le'Veon. I think that Jesse James, like if you're going if you're going like uh Cincy heavy, I think that he's the guy you might want to bring it back with and just hope that he's the one that
4: catches a touchdown. One hundred percent. I'm glad you brought him up. That's the guy I've been on all week because he's in he's in a great matchup. He really is. Like Cincinnati, they're vulnerable at tight end. And if Brown's out, I think that's the guy they're going to look for in the red zone if they don't throw it to Levy on. Um, the other guy, I mean, you might look at is just like a real low percentage tourney guy and be Xavier Grimble, just because it's, you know, X Pittsburgh. Man. Yeah, man, the X, and throw up the X, right? So it's um Pittsburgh likes throwing to throw into the backup tight end in the red zone. I, I don't know why this is, but it's just something they seem to prefer to do. And Grimble's gotten a couple of touchdowns this year just by being the odd man out. So. You know he's like a complete thorough punt play, like we talk about Josh Hill or Wanui. So I'd, I'd probably side with Jesse James.
2: How much? How much time have Todd Haley and Andy Reid spent together? Like, did their time in Kansas City overlap?
4: Have they both had Anthony Fasano on their roster? Exactly. At one time? Like, I, I'm starting
2: <laughs> to see. I'm starting to see a trend here. Uh, that's. I mean, that's that's really the slate. I don't want to talk about defense and special teams. So final final takes, Nate. Uh, final thoughts about about this weekend, this slate, any of that? Got nothing. That Nate is Play so Jack ready. Gordon. Play Nate, is, Gordon. Nate is so ready to just take a nap and just sleep in a bed of tilt and Red Bull hangover. Uh, Josh, final thoughts?
4: Yeah, for me, it's and this is something I wanted to bring up when we were talking about uh, the Jaguars. Is it? It seems like they are transitioning a little bit into a passing offense when it makes some sense to preserve Fournette late in the season right now I think they're preserving him for the playoffs and so we're seeing Blake Bortles throw the throw the ball more even when they have the lead I think that's something we need to consider going forward especially if they have a an advantageous matchup with a with a kind of a crappy pass defense to stack Bortles with Lee and you know it's going to be relatively cheap their price is going to remain depressed because they're just not they're not blowing up but they're putting out really consistent numbers on a week to week basis right now so I think that's a stack we need to consider going forward
1: my final
2: thought is just disregard everything I said in the read option this week. Do not play seasonal fantasy football. If you value yourself and your time and your emotions, uh, just do not do it. And the people the around woat. you, it's the woat. Uh, this has been another great episode, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Josh on Twitter at fantasy ADHD. You can find Nate at Nate Knolling and you can find me at Sammy Reed FI for Nate. For Josh, for myself, this has been the Guildcast. I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next next Monday.